want you to turn in your Bibles with me to Romans 16, Romans 16, page 950 in your pew Bibles. This morning I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'll ask you to follow along in your Bibles, our pew Bibles, our English Standard Version, but I'll be reading from the King James Version. You may ask why. Um, It has a pronunciation guide for these names. And uh, these names are important. And for we all know that we want our brothers and sisters in Christ to pronounce our names correctly if they know us and love us and love the Lord. Uh, But hear God's word, Romans 16, beginning with verse 1. And we'll read through the 16th verse. This is the word of God. I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Sancria, that you receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, and that you assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. For she hath been a succorer of many, and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Eponidas, who is the firstfruits of Achaia unto Christ, Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. Salute Urbane, our helper in Christ, and Stachus, my beloved. Greet Apolis, approved in Christ. Salute them which are of Aristobulus, household. Salute Herodian, my kinsmen. Greet them that be of the household of Narcissus, which are in the Lord. Salute Tryphena and Tryphosa, who labor in the Lord. Salute the beloved Pierces, which labored much in the Lord. Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Salute Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermes, and the brethren which are with them. Salute Philoagus and Julia, Nerus, and his sister Olympus, and all the saints which are with them. Salute one another with an holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. Amen to this reading of God's holy and divinely inspired word. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we we thank you 
for that uh, glorious relationship between God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We praise you that you indeed are a triune God. We thank you for that love that overflows from our triune God unto us in Christ. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this portion from Romans 16, Lord. Teaches us about uh, friendships, fellow workers in Christ. And Lord, pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work in each of our hearts, Lord, so that we would be hearers, doers of your word, by your grace and for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Endings uh, can be an emotional time, Uh, whether it's um, graduating from kindergarten to first grade or graduating from high school or graduating from college after 16 years of schooling. Uh, It's been a little while, but Lynn and I can uh, bear witness that uh, parents tear up uh, with thankfulness when they hear their graduating child's name read aloud, see them walk across the stage, receive their diploma. This morning, we're starting our last set of sermons on Romans, here in Romans 16. Sermon number 73, um, if you're keeping track. Uh, By God's grace, the Apostle Paul has been teaching us about the glorious gospel truths about our unrighteousness and the righteousness of God in Christ. We've been learning about the wages of sin and God's gracious work of justification, sanctification, and his gospel work of including the Gentiles along with the Jewish believers in Christ. Romans 12 through 15, we heard God's call to gospel service, and now In this last chapter of Romans, we hear uh, a a boatload of of greetings from the Apostle Paul to both men and women who are serving Christ together there in the church at Rome. You know, in Romans 16, we see models of Christian service along with the gospel motivation for us as Christians to serve Christ together. For the Lord graciously calls every faithful believer to gospel service for Christ. And we'll see that throughout this chapter, uh, but it's a a scriptural theme. And you may be asking the question, well, what does a faithful gospel servant look like? You know, we're going to proceed... Um, slowly through these first 16 verses this morning, we're only going to be looking at uh, verses 1 through 5a, and uh, you'll see why. But there are three gospel examples of servants of Christ, uh, Phoebe, uh, Priscilla, and then Aquila. Uh, Priscilla and Aquila are a married couple. Uh, But they are all servants of Christ. We begin with Phoebe. She is a generous gospel servant for Christ. 
Apostle Paul begins actually, uh, there, there is, into the English Standard Version, there, there, they've, I won't say omitted, but there is an additional word in the Greek. It, it's that word and. You know, so there is a link from Romans 15 to Romans 16. You know, it, it's vitally connected to the rest of Romans. And I commend to you all our sister Phoebe. Why does Phoebe need this commendation or recommendation uh, from the Apostle Paul? From all appearances, uh, it seems that this Christian woman was tasked by Paul uh, to carry this invaluable epistle from the church at Sancria, just outside of Rome, all the way, or outside of Corinth, all the way to Rome, to the church at Rome. You know, in, in Paul's days, only the military used mail service. So if you wanted something delivered, you would give it to a trusted friend, brother or sister in Christ, who was going that way, and say, can you make sure that this epistle, this letter, gets to its intended recipient? And, and Phoebe didn't know the, the congregation there at, at Rome, and, but Paul is commending her so that they would receive her and welcome her, as we'll see as she hand delivers this letter, Paul commends this previously unknown servant of Christ Jesus so that Christians in Rome might welcome her and help her as they read, study, and prize this portion of scripture. Imagine that you are the one trusted by Paul, trusted by the Lord to carry the book of Romans. You know, it's like carrying a boatload of gold, better than carrying a boatload of gold here. And Phoebe is a gospel servant. Her name Phoebe means bright or radiant. William Lenski helps us here. He says, uh, Phoebe was the name of the moon, one of the objects of worship of the heathens. The moon was revered by females in honor of the god Diana. And so she had received this name, presumably from her parents, and even though she was trusting in Christ, you know, she, she kept this, this name as a believer. And two gospel truths here about Phoebe. Uh, first, Paul calls Phoebe our sister, a sister in the Lord, a, a fellow believer in Christ. You know, as we study Romans 16, I want you to make, uh, pay attention to all of uh, the biblical references to a shared gospel ministry. Our sister, fellow workers, my fellow prisoners, the brothers who are with them, just to name a few. You know, God's word calls us to serve Christ together. You know, the, the Apostle Paul was not a celebrity pastor. You know, he, he knows that the spotlight, you know, God's spotlight was not shining upon him. It was to be shining upon all of God's saints, and he was glad to share it. You know, but the word there for servant, well, first, sister, sister in the Lord, 
But then the second gospel truth, she is a servant of the church at Sancria. You know, the word for servant is diaconus. Same word for deacon, used 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1, but it, it's in Greek, it's a female noun. Uh, so it, it refers to, to a woman here. More on that in a moment. You know, but, but consider all the women, you know, who, who served the Lord. Give you a, a few examples. Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law there in Matthew chapter 8, verse 15. And what did she do after she was healed? She served. And that's the word. She served Jesus. Martha served Jesus. In John chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Uh, Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served. And Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. You know, think of the women who cared for Jesus, even as he went to the cross there in Matthew 27, verse 45. We're going to see the names of nine women here in Romans 16, verses 1 through 16. Uh, She is a servant of the church at Sancria. You know, if you look at a map, Sancria is a seaport for the city of Corinth. It's the seaport that would face towards Asia, uh, a few miles distant So there was not only a church at Corinth, but there was presumably a smaller sister church there. But she was being sent forth as as a servant from this church, carrying uh, this gospel epistle to the church at Rome. But Paul as well gives two gospel tasks to the church at Rome. Look again there at verse 2 of Romans 16. Uh, Paul charges the the church at Rome, the Christian brothers and sisters, first that you may welcome her in the Lord. You know, it's more than having a welcome mat uh, on your front door. Welcome means that you would gladly receive her, that they would gladly receive Phoebe as a dear sister in Christ. We see that used in another place by the Apostles Paul, Paul speaking about Epaphroditus in Philippians chapter 2, verse 29, beginning with verse 28, Philippians 2, 28, I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him, or welcome him in the Lord with all joy and honor, such men. we're, We're to welcome other Christians, and that's the charge here to the church at at Rome, even those we don't know, first-time visitors, strangers that the Lord brings across our past, seeming strangers, welcome her in the Lord. You know, they are fellow servants for Christ. Robert Haldane put it this way, the ground of Christian fellowship is union with Christ. Now, that was true of the church at Rome. It's, it's true of the church here, Hope Presbyterian Church. The ground of Christian fellowship is, is our shared union uh, with the risen Christ. 
welcome her in a way worthy of us of the saints, accept her as a saint among fellow saints. And lest you think uh, Phoebe and uh, those Christians in Rome are in a class by themselves, a saint is a sinner saved by God's grace through faith in Christ. You know, that, that's true of all of us. Along with greeting one another as brother or sister in Christ, maybe we could start greeting one another as saint. Um, I don't want to pick out a name here. But, uh, you know, that, what a great encouragement that would be. But the second task for them, still in verse 2, help her in whatever she may need from you. You know, keep in mind that Phoebe is a traveling believer. A, a woman, she probably was traveling with, uh, with servants, maybe other Christians. She'll need lodging and food and the support from fellow believers in the big city of Rome, like us from Opelousas going to New York City. You know, make her feel at home in your homes. And in your church family, when she comes to church on Sunday, make sure she's one of the first ones that you greet. You know, one more gospel note, though, about Phoebe. For she has been a a patron of many and of myself as well. The word there in the King James was succorer. She has been a benefactress. It seems that Phoebe was a a woman of means, that God had blessed her with money, but what had she done with that money? She was giving it away, contributing to the needs of the saints, even to the Apostle Paul. She used her wealth wisely. You see that in Acts 16 with Lydia, uh, but you, you see it even in the Old Testament. Read one example, 2 Kings Chapter 4, the Shunammite woman, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. One day Elisha went on to Shunam, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, Behold, now I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put a there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. You know, another example of a benefactress, this Shunammite woman and her husband. But before we move on from Phoebe, a sermon footnote here, and it's important the sermon footnote about Phoebe and the office, church office of deacon. You know, our Presbyterian denomination, the Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church, uh, does allow for women to ordain women as deacons. And in my a former denomination, uh, that was not so. Uh, so as you gave me the pastoral call to come here, 2011, um, that was one um, scriptural issue I had to to wrestle with, to study. And uh, Romans 16, 
uh, verse 1 is uh, the verse that you know, our denomination and other denominations point to when they say, yes, God um, ordained the office of, of deacon for women. And uh, when I joined the Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church as an ordained pastor, I took vows supporting our, our form of government. So I had to study this verse again, study this uh, scriptural issue. All that being said, I, I believe the best biblical understanding of, of Phoebe and her gospel title as a servant, and yes, in some translations, it is deaconess, would place the emphasis on her humble service for Christ rather than an honorable title. The Apostle Paul rightly acknowledges Phoebe as a humble woman of faith, as a sister in the Lord, as a servant of Christ, church, and a supporter of his gospel ministry. But as we consider Phoebe and her service for Christ and his church, you know, I think about the service of our women here at Hope Presbyterian Church. You know, gathering together for prayer, prayer for one another, praying for the needs of the church, bringing meals to the sick and to shut-in folks, providing rides to other women, serving in the nursery, teaching God's word to children, to other women. You know, even the Apostle Paul calls Phoebe a sister, a a servant in the church. And was not the Apostle Paul a servant in the church? High praise uh, of Phoebe. He commends her and calls the church at Rome to welcome her into their homes, their hearts, and into the holy worship of the risen Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. She's family. You know, she is the first example here, of a gospel servant. But the other two, the next two, Priscilla and Aquila, and we'll be taking them together. I know last week had five points, this week only two points to make up. Priscilla and Aquila are gracious gospel servants for Christ. Prisca, also known as Priscilla, for some reason Paul calls her by that name, and Luke, especially in the book of Acts, you'll see that name, Priscilla, same woman. You know, Paul met Priscilla and Aquila in Corinth after they had fled from Rome. The emperor Claudius had cast out all the Jews from Rome, and so they fled to Corinth for their safety. Uh, Since they were all tent makers... Uh, The Apostle Paul, who was also a tent maker, stayed with him there in Corinth. They later went on with Paul to Ephesus and then back to Rome. There in Rome, even as Paul writes this letter from Corinth. But later on, they returned to Ephesus. But the Apostle Paul tells the church at Rome to, to greet these two Christian workers. You'll see that word greet used some 16 times, you know, in the next 13 verses. You know, what does it mean to greet? 
Now we, we used to have a greeting time here. I'm hoping we can return to it before the Lord comes again. To greet means not, not just to wave and not just to say hello. You gladly embrace them. You give them a holy kiss. You'll see that later in verse 16. Greet one another with a holy kiss. You know, a heartfelt handshake. You know, greetings is not only a physical action, but, but it's, a, it's a spiritual, scriptural affirmation that this brother or sister is your brother and sister in Christ. You know, you're part of God's family together through faith in Christ. You know, may they know your love for them, is what the Apostle Paul is telling the church at Rome. And may they witness your shared love for Christ. Three gospel truths here about Priscilla and Aquila. You know, first and foremost, he calls them fellow workers. You know, soon ergo, say they are working together, all, all one word. That's why there's a hyphen there. You know, Robert Haldane defined fellow workers this way. They labored to make sinners acquainted with the gospel of salvation, along with the Apostle Paul. You know, imagine the Apostle Paul calling you or me, you know, my my fellow worker. But that's what we are, Not, not just with the Apostle Paul, but with one another, with the with body of believers. We labor to make sinners acquainted with the gospel of salvation. That, that's our work here, our primary work here. You know, Paul has a readiness to, to labor together with other servants of Christ in sowing gospel seeds to God's glory. And look again there. It's my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. You know, that, that's what unites them in, in, in their work, these sweet bonds of love. You know, fellow workers, not, not just making tents together, but more importantly, they're laboring together in love for, for Christ. You know, and if you take a, you can be glad to give you the references, but... You know, part of the, one of the works of Priscilla and Quilla that stands out in Scripture is there in Acts chapter 18, verse 26. Uh, there was a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, eloquent man, competent in Scriptures, but we read this, Acts 18, 26. He, that is Apollos, began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. You know, how how did Apollos grow in his understanding that the Christ was Jesus and the gracious work of Christ? The Lord used Priscilla and Aquila in that kingdom work. You know, they were fellow workers. You know, as a pastor, it's a joy to be laboring together with you in the gospel ministry here at Hope Presbyterian Church. 
You know, we, we are fellow workers, each and every one of us. But note, too, their sacrificial service. So they're fellow workers, but, you know, what stands out next in, in Paul's mind? Who risk their necks for my life. You know, back, back in Paul's day, many ways that they could put you to death, but one of the ways that... that uh, People were put to death in those days. They, they would, you know, lay your head sideways on the chopping block. They would stretch out your neck, and the executioner's axe would fall down between your head and your shoulder blades. And so the Apostle Paul says they, they risked their necks. They, they were willing to be put to death so that I would be spared. You know, imagine that kind of, of love for a brother or sister in, in Christ. You know, when scriptures were not told when this took place, you know, and, and it could be symbolic, but I believe that expression has, has more a, a literal interpretation. You know, think of it this way. You know, for those of you who are older, you might remember the assassination attempt on Ronald Reagan when he was president. What did the Secret Service agents do? They put themselves in the line of fire. They, they were wounded rather than to see the president wounded. You know, and that's what Priscilla and Aquila were doing. Rather than the Apostle Paul's life be cut short, yes, we know God's sovereign, we will sacrifice ourselves. And so here, uh, the Apostle Paul gives glad thanks to them, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well, so that Paul could continue his ministry of spreading the gospel to the Gentiles. And finally, Paul says, greet also the church in their house. It seems that to Priscilla and Aquila there in Rome had a church that met in their house. I know today there are some who believe that we should go back to this uh, New Testament idea of house churches. You know, but, but look here, it's a little bit different phrases. A church that meets in their house. In the early days of the church, uh, they didn't have much money. Uh, most of the Christians, the followers of Christ in Paul's days, came from blue-collar workers, freed men and women, day laborers, Jewish and, and Gentile believers. And what did they do with uh, uh, their tithes and their offerings? They, they sent missionaries out, you know, like Paul or Timothy or Peter. Uh, so early Christians who served Christ together would gather together in the home of believers for prayer and for worship. And, and here's the honor. Uh, John Calvin writes, Paul could not confer a more distinguished honor and ornament on this family than by making mention of the church in their house. You know, not just opening your, your house to one or two for Sunday dinner, you know, but 
I'm speculating that since they were tent makers, they had a large workroom, and so they could accommodate, let's say, 30 or 40 people coming to your house every week for worship. But they did it gladly. They did it for the glory of God, for the spread of the gospel, and you see that again in 1 Corinthians 16, 19. They had a church in their house there in Corinth. This was the pattern, the gospel pattern of their lives. You know, and the application here is, may we as servants open up our homes. We, you don't have to say, well, let's let all of the Hope Church family come to our house. We would come gladly, I know, especially if there's food. But open up your homes um, for prayer, you know, for Bible study. For your brothers, sisters in Christ here, for a church visitor, come to our house. And we want to show you Christian hospitality, the love of Christ. You know, serving Christ together for the spread of the gospel and for the building up of his church. Uh, The older that Lynn and I get, or at least the older I get, Lynn stays young, you know, we look back with thankfulness upon those who have been Phoebes and Priscilla's and Aquila's in our life. You know, Lynn and I were both blessed with pastors who had been at the church for long-term pastorates. Lynn's pastor, Pastor Ratu, was there for 50 years. You know, my pastor was there for 40 years. Senior saints in the church where I've pastored have welcomed us, taught us about the love of Christ. They've modeled it. You know, godly elders and deacons who prayed with us and for us, prayed for our family. You know, there's a long list of loving servants for Christ and encourage you to do that. You know, just think of all those that the Lord has used to help grow you in your faith and knowledge and love for Christ. You know, so what are the takeaways today? You know, here's a few. You know, may we serve Christ together as brothers and sisters in Christ. May we serve Christ's church with our presence at worship, with our prayers, our giving, our teaching of God's word, our sacrificial love one for another. You know, a hurting and hopeless world all around us continues to watch churches and Christians, you know, to see if we genuinely love Christ, to see if we genuinely love one another. You know, may our gospel service for Christ uh, be a witness to his redeeming love for us. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you uh, for these gospel servants of yours, Apostle Paul, Phoebe, Priscilla, Aquila, Lord, and, and a host of other names to follow. Scripture is full uh, of those who served you because of their love for Christ. And Lord, may we be in that legacy of faith serving you, serving with our brothers and sisters in Christ, all for the spread of the gospel. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.